Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Seven Figure Flipping Podcast. This is Bill Allen. We are doing another episode of this uh, Flip Hacking Friday that we did. And today, I've got my good friend Arthur Bodding and me on the uh, call that we did. And we went through and comped some properties with some folks. So I know as a rehabber and a wholesaler, when you get in the business, you struggle a little bit with determining ARV, this after repair value. So we got on a call and just randomly grabbed an address from some people and went into some of the free resources and things that we used to comp properties and gave some tips and tricks, some of the secrets that Arthur uses. He's a wizard at comping properties. So hopefully this is valuable to you if you're just getting started or even if you've been in the business for a while to refresh on uh, comping properties coming up with ARVs and things like that because we always work back from that to determine our maximum allowable offer, whether we're a wholesaler or a flipper. So I know this is something that everybody needs. So hopefully you guys get a lot out of this. And uh, this is something Arthur is one of our laser coaches inside of our seven figure runway program that we launched at Flip Hacking Live. So uh, the doors are closed for that right now, but you can get on the waiting list at sevenfigurerunway.com. Uh, or if you're um, ready for, set, for seven figure altitude, which is another mastermind that we have, this kind of stuff we talk about all the time in there. And we just sharpen and our, uh, our saw on a regular basis to figure out what our numbers look like, how we can make the most money that we can and uh, rise up as a group. So you can go to seven figure altitude. So the number seven figure altitude.com and check that out. Uh, without further ado, here's my friend, Arthur Botting on our Flip Hacking Friday call. My name is Bill Allen and I'm the leader of a group of elite house flippers and wholesalers called seven figure flipping. We don't brag or show off our success, but instead let integrity and stewardship be our guide. We are dedicated to helping people unlock the freedom they desperately need. If you ask other real estate investors, they will say to keep your secrets quiet. But we believe in abundance, not scarcity. And that's why we are the elite. We are Seven Figure Flipping, and this podcast is our playbook. So Arthur, why don't you introduce yourself a little bit before, while, like, while everybody's jumping in. It's gonna, we're going to need like two or three minutes. And while you do that, I'm going to stream this thing into our Facebook page. Okay, sure. Um, um, uh, I'm Arthur Botting, and um, my wife Jennifer Lasky and I uh, we became started uh, we became we started becoming real estate investors in uh, 2012 in when we lived in Los Angeles, California. And I got my start. I was basically knocking on doors of uh, people in pre foreclosure. Anyway, we got in there, and we uh, that's where we learned the business. And um, in in 2017 we decided to move uh, to Florida where I grew up in a town called New Smyrna Beach. And we're still flipping houses and wholesaling houses here in the central Florida market. And um, I had the pleasure of meeting Bill Allen at the very first, uh, it was the very seven figure flipping mastermind group. And this is back in uh, Dana Point, California. I was like, what, 2015? Bill, uh, yeah, it was uh, January of 2016. 2016, okay, that's it. Yeah, we joined it, in 2015, but our first event they, was January. Yes. So that's where we met you guys. Yeah, and then I was just I had no idea. I mean, like I was like, oh yeah, this is great. You know, it's gonna be awesome. We got to do this. We got to join a mastermind group, and um, just to see, like, it, I think it was like 20, less than 30 people in that room, and just remember that weekend, we we're like in a very small conference room in a in a small hotel. To what it's grown to today is astounding. I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy, amazing. isn't it? Amazing, yeah. Yeah, there was. I think there was like twenty people there. I know that Justin was like capping it at twenty five, but we had mm -hmm. about twenty companies. We probably had a couple more people than that. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, yeah, it was cool. It's, uh, it's. I don't know. We've we've come a long way since then, right? I, so I, mean, I remember very long way. Yeah. I mean, from very humble beginnings, uh, just amazing, amazing things. 
Well, here's what I remember about Arthur when I showed up. So I showed up to this meeting and here's a guy who's probably one of the most hardworking people I've ever met. He's like, got, he, I, he stood up and talked about his business model and he's like getting lists of people that are in pre-foreclosure and he's going and knocking on their door in person or calling them mm -hmm. and stuff. And he, you just had this, I don't know. It was like, uh, I, I asked you before when you got started, you said 2012. I thought you were going to say like 1995. Like you, you were... <laughs> And you were, um, you just had like this salt. We call it, we call it salty in the Navy. Like yeah. you, you've been, you know, a thing or two, like you've been through some deals. You've yeah. worked with a ton of sellers at that time. And that's, I guess it was like four years into your journey, but yeah. it was pretty clear that you, you understood it. You have studied this for a long time and you were like the expert in that. So, um, so obviously today, what I wanted to do is I want to do something different. I've been on here kind of doing some different things, talking. I brought, I brought Tyler on last week to talk about rehabs. But the questions that we've been getting a lot are folks who are like, how do I comp properties? How do I analyze deals? How do I run numbers? Uh, how do I find the ARV? What about repair costs? All that, what, what should I think about? And as a wholesaler or a flipper, you need to know this stuff. So that's what we're gonna talk about today. So what we're gonna do is we're gonna start and we're gonna do a property, like Arthur's got one of his that he's gonna show, give some tips and tricks. But while we're doing that, if you're on the call, like live with us on the Zoom right now on the webinar, then drop, Drop a, an address of a property that you're, you have as a lead in your uh, database right now. You want us to comp for you or run the numbers or talk about what we're thinking if we were going to flip it or we were going to wholesale it um, or uh, something like that. So if you have a property that you want us to analyze, or maybe it's one that you're offering on, or maybe it's one that you have under contract right now where you're like, I'm in the inspection period. I'm not sure about it. I'm, I'm, I'm checking out my numbers and I just don't feel, maybe you're new, this is your first deal. Drop it in there and we'll look at it. And hopefully we'll tell you how awesome of a deal it is, but don't tell us anything about it. Don't tell us like how much you have it under contract for. Don't tell us how much uh, you think the ARV is, all that stuff. Just let us show you what we would do if we got this lead in. So I think it's gonna be kind of fun. Uh, we're putting Arthur on the hot seat, putting myself yeah. on the hot seat here. And I know that, uh, I talked to Arthur a little bit before and he's like, uh, no, um, yeah, I'm I haven't ever done this live in front of a bunch of people, but we'll get through it. So let's go. You ready, Arthur? Yeah, I'm ready. All right. So some people are drop, dropping some, uh, all right. Happy birthday, happy birthday, happy birthday. So we've got a couple in, um, we have a couple in the chat, which is awesome. So um, what we're going to do, we're going to start out while you guys are still like pulling up your database and trying to find some deals that you want us to look at. Arthur's going to like share a screen. He's going to show us one that uh that i don't know arthur you tell the story what are you going to show us so yeah so uh we got an internet lead this week um it came in and i've already spoken with this guy he the property that came in he has it for sale but he said that he just wants to liquidate it and get rid of it so um i i have that as my subject property i'll just show you guys how i'm going through and trying to uh get what i think is the maximum allowable offer and all, but uh, and also the ARV. ARV stands for after repair value. For you guys that don't know that, and after repair value is the best price you can get for a house because you fixed it up, you renovated it, you brought it like to the best it is in the market, and then um, you know that's what you could expect to sell it for once you made all those um, repairs and renovations and things like that. Maximum allowable offer is the most you can offer and to that seller and hope to make a profit two very different numbers. After repair value, that's like the finished product. Maximum allowable offer is what you're gonna buy it for, and then whatever you buy it for is the margin between the after repair value. Super important. So if you're a wholesaler, you're gonna to wanna to even have a lower maximum allowable offer than say a flipper. So this is where you make your money. Okay, let's look at it. 
Okay, you want me to share my screen? Share screen. I'm ready. Okay. Uh, so the property that I'm looking at is, uh, so there's three ways I look at properties. And the first one is it's free. It's called Zillow. Um, if you're a real estate investor, you're, you know, you're familiar with it. Zillow.com. This is uh, a big real estate website and uh, there's no cost to use it. So I'll usually start here. Here, I'm going to go to the property that I am going to uh, look up. It's 1812 juniper uh juniper drive in edgewater florida right here it is it'll come up and here come the pictures and here you can see um this is this this actually this property is actually for sale right now it's listed on the mls the guy who owns it is a realtor but he just wants to get rid of it now so um he has listed at $159,900. On Zillow, you can look at this. You can see it's a two-bedroom, two-bath, and it's 1,901 square feet, and then it's right here, and there's a Zestimate. This is basically Zillow takes um, an aggregate of all the home values in this neighborhood, and they come up with this number. Never, ever trust a Zestimate as the actual value of the house. You have to find this out for yourself. It might be spot on or it may be way off. But the one thing is when you're doing these comps, it's up to you to make sure you've done this like forwards and backwards so you know these numbers like the back of your hand. So what I would do is I would come into Zillow. Here it is, um, address, some of the home details. Now, when you're looking for a comp, there are, uh, a couple of things you've got to look at. One is a comp is the vicinity of the comps to the subject property. So I'm going to be looking for properties that are within about half a mile of 1812 Juniper Drive. Um, then the other thing is when did the sales take place? Ideally, you want to have something like that's uh, sale took place in like the last 90 days and then maybe the last six months and then the last year. And then once you get outside of a year, you know, it's not the best, but if you have to use something outside of a year, um, you know, it may just be the case because you're trying to find comps for the neighborhood. Uh, anyway, so we've got that. Um, I'm in Zillow. So what I want to go double check a couple things right here, home, uh, home facts and features. So I'll go to here and look this up. It was built in 1978 and it's on a 10,000 square foot lot. So, I've got all that information here. It's, um, I got the address. I got the square footage for the house. I have the number of bedrooms, the number of bathrooms, years built, and the lots. And that's what we're going to compare against other properties. So here in Zillow, you can go here and look at uh, similar homes. So we can click on this. And one thing in Zillow is you'll see that this home is for sale. These homes are for sales. We're looking for properties that have already sold because the property is sold. That's what someone is willing to pay for a similar property. So let's see if there's any sold in here. Not here. All right. So what, we'll close this up. If I can't find uh, solds on, on that panel, what I'll do is I'll come to the neighborhood. Here it is. You can see this right here is our subject property. And it's, it's open. That's us right there. Okay, so now we know where it is on the map. I can close this. And then I'll start looking around in other, other um, 
properties here. Look at this. What I'm looking for in this little window here pops up. I'm looking for anything that says two bedroom, two bath or two bedroom, one bath. So let's see, we had, um, where was the one guy? Let's see, let me go over here and then over on this street, back out. Can you guys hear me okay? Bill, you still, you still hear me all right? Bill, are you there? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, that's all right. I'm snacking. <laughs> okay, good. Um, all right, so. Here, here's a two bedroom, two bath right here on this panel. This one, let's open up this. 1819 Needle Palm Drive. And this sold back in September. So it's uh, two bedroom, two bath, 1,334 square feet. Our property is about 1,900 square feet. So I don't know if this would be the best property to use, but we'll look at it anyway. So this is flipped, you can see. So that's nice. Uh, yeah, that's really nice. Cleaned up. So this is something that if I bought this house and I fixed it up, this would be something I would re reasonably expect to get something close to this for uh, my sale price. All right, that's good. So I'm gonna write this down as one of my comps. So we got 1819 Needle Palm Drive. And when I'm doing this, putting down my comps, I want to put down the square feet, 1,334 square feet. It's a two bedroom, two bath. And then I want to make sure that it's similar to um, the year built, 1986. So this is a little bit newer. And then what kind of lot is it? It's on the same size lot. Okay. So that's good. Uh, and then also look and see when it's sold. This is important. So this sold just recently, like what? That's almost three weeks ago. Sold for $173,000. I like to round up with this stuff. And it sold on September 1st. Okay, so that is a good comp for me. So we'll go back to, we'll close this out. And then we can look through here, see it's a two bedroom, three bath. That's interesting right there. Um, I don't know if that'd be a good comp or not. I guess we could take that one. So here, we'll go to, if this is on the same street. So we're looking at this. Okay, so two bedroom, three bath. It's 1,363 square feet. So that's good. 23 Needle Palm, keep that one right there. And then this one is um, 1,363 square feet and it's a two bedroom, three bath. And then it sold uh, late August for 223,000. All right, and then put down the date. 82820. And I just want to make sure the home details, what size is the lot, what year was it built? Scroll down here. You can see that year built 1983. Built in 1983. And then it's on a 10,000 square foot lot. Okay. So when you're doing comps, you definitely want to have like three, at least three. Five is pretty comfy um, to make sure you're getting a good representation of what 
your house could sell for. So let's look at this, look at the pictures now. This is a nice looking house, look. It's, um, it's very clean, that's a nice looking kitchen. Yeah, you know, a seller would walk in and be like, yeah, I want this house. No repairs needed, they can just move in. I don't think it's flipped, but it's very clean. So yeah, oh, it's, oh and it's got a pool. You guys see that in the background? This is gonna affect the value of it. The pool right here. So um, the house I'm gonna buy doesn't have a pool. I'm not a big fan of pools and flips. They're just, I don't know, just another thing that's gonna break and you gotta worry about it, insurance, stuff like that. But typically a pool in my market is gonna add about 10,000 to $15,000 to the price of a house. So um, my sale price in this 223,000, that's, you know, that's uh, kind of inflated because, or not inflated, but it's up higher because of the pool here. 10 to 20. 10 to 20. Hey, I'll jump in, in Pensacola, uh, you'll see a house that sells for like $30,000 more in a neighborhood like this. That uh -huh. on a two bed, two bath with a pool, and it's just crazy. Like the price is insane. Yeah. So just be careful when you're um, using a comp with the pool and yeah. know the area a little bit. So that's right, uh, exactly. one thing to kind of look around um, for that for sure. In, in Florida, it's like uh, in some areas, it's like a pool every house or every other house. So it's not a big deal. But in mm -hmm. some neighborhoods in Pensacola, like if that house has a pool, it shoots the value. It's, I'll look at it and go, I can't believe somebody paid this. And they go, oh, okay, it has a pool. It has a pool, right. But let's see, this is super important. It's not, it's not just a pool. I mean, you might be in Colorado. I don't know how many pools are in the back of houses in Colorado, but you might have a basement. And there's all these different things in houses that you have to take into consideration. So, I mean, it's not just looking at square footage, um, you know, properties that are nearby and things like that. You really have to look at, everything that causes a house to sell for what it is. So this pool has got this home value higher. So I honestly, I don't think that's gonna be a good comp for me. So uh, I'm not gonna put that one down. Let me X that out. All right, let me go back to um, 1812 Juniper. Look for a few more. Well here, you know what? I actually, I wrote down these notes. So I'm just gonna start putting these in. Uh, and just showing you some of the, the comps that are in this neighborhood. So here's one, 1712 Queen Palm Drive. That's really close to this. It's about half a mile away. Hey, while Arthur's doing that, hopefully you guys see the fact that you just kind of look around this neighborhood, right? And start, you're starting to understand the picture. Even that map right there, you can start to see some different pricing. You can start to see what's sold in the area. You can start to see like I saw some at like 50,000. I saw some at 220, 230,000, right? So you're starting yeah. to get an idea of this and now you're, you're finding these. So he's got a two bedroom, one bath. I'll let you take over. And this is much closer to your square footage, which is great. Right, exactly. So, and, but there's also a lesson in here because, so we're looking at this square footage, 1,994 square feet. This is on Zillow. And uh, I looked at this house. This is, um, I looked at this house and I was like, oh, well, this is, that doesn't look flipped. But then I look closer and this house is actually, it's flipped. So I'll get through these pictures real quick. See this right here? That's, that's a brand new oven stove. These are Home Depot cabinets. And look at the floor, the floors are, I mean, it's not a great picture, but this house is actually flipped. Look, that tells me, look, brand new, there's no refrigerator. Uh, you know, but this, this gives away, this countertop gives it away. This house was flipped by somebody. So clean floor, new paint. So these are things you look for in these pictures. Look, this ceiling fan, that's like a $200 ceiling fan at Home Depot, brand new. So I know that this place has been flipped. 
Look at that. That's a vinyl covering on that floor back there. All these things. The bathroom, they, uh, I guess they uh, just painted the bathroom, kept the original tile. Uh, but that's, a, I think that's a new vanity right there. So I look at that, but that, that's a good comp for me. So 1712 Queen Palm Drive. It sold for $124,000 back in January 2019. So this one goes back uh, about 10 months ago. No, wait, less than that. But anyway, this is still good. It's within a year, so it's still an acceptable comp. So we'll keep that. Hey, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in. Th sure. That is not within a year. So that's January 2019. So I think that's a lesson to look at, right? So this thing is January 2019 is, this is September 2020. So we're like, we're like a year and eight months away, oh, right? right? I can't believe I just did that. Yeah, no, you're right. This wait. So this is, this one is older. So this one, I got to look at that and say, maybe this is not a good comp. Or I'll, I'll put that down with a question mark next to it. Yeah. So one thing that, that this is big for you guys that are watching is it's very easy to, to think that, okay, hey, this is a great number to use, but this thing is over a year and a half old. And that we've seen a lot of appreciation in these areas over those times, probably. Mm -hmm. And uh, depending on what it looks like, you, you want you want something within about six months. If you have to go out a year, like I might go out a year, but I want to be in the neighborhood in six months if I can, because you got to think about what the appraiser is going to do uh, when you buy. And I do want to jump in and say, for, for everybody that's listening, like this, this is a lesson on like, like the, the better you can get at this, the, the better you're going to be. So as a flipper, you need to be really, really good at this as a wholesaler. It's, it's not, it's probably not like we don't go in massive depth like an appraiser would when we start analyzing a company's properties because lots of people are going to run their numbers differently. So the ARV should be pretty close, but people's repair costs are all over the place. So um, don't feel like, like, oh my gosh, you guys are going in such depth. I don't go into this depth or you're starting to get um, a little bit discouraged. Um, don't get discouraged, but we're hopefully showing you a couple things. And if you grab a tip or two here of some of the stuff that, that we're looking at and what we're not looking at, then that's what this is all about. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. And also, um, uh, it's so hard to, um, explain it, but it's, it's comping is also, it's kind of an art form too. I mean, this is data, but there's also things to look at. You might see a house that see, this has got a very ordinary roof line. But then you look at a comp where it's got like, I know, a gable roof and it's got, you know, a lot of architectural detail to it. That affects it too. So you have to really compare apples to apples in this stuff. So let's see. Here is another one. Um, let's see. Let me look at my list right here. 1911 Juniper. This one is actually on the same street. Juniper Drive. Let's look this up. While, while, while Arthur's finding that one, um, yeah, a couple things to think about. The, you, typically, if you have access to MLS, you should go there first, right? So I intentionally asked like Arthur not to look on the MLS and let's use some free resources yeah. and some things that you might not have access to. So that's why we're going here. If I had access to the MLS, what I would typically do is I would look at the... Um, I like to look at the neighborhood. Like what is the neighborhood that I'm going to? And then I'll just run that neighborhood because I want houses in the neighborhood. Or I'll do like kind of a map drawn area or a box, something that's really close by and not crossing main streets and things like that. All right, he found it. So well, here it is. Back. Okay, yeah. So I went to this. So this is, a, this is basically a good confirmation. It's a two bedroom, one bath, but it's 1,962 1, square feet. And then it was sold recently, March of 2020. Um, and then just look real quick at home details just to get the idea. When was this house built? 1962. Okay. That might affect it, but it's on the same size lot. So 
We've got that information down there, and then it's sold for 146,500. So what you really want to do is when you're looking at these properties is when you get this information and you see that it's similar to the house you're buying, you want to take the price that it's sold for, 146,500, and divide it by the square footage, 1,962 square feet. That's your price per square foot for a sale. So that would be $68 a square foot in this neighborhood. And then if you look at it, let's see some of these pictures real quick. All right. Someone lives there, so it's not flipped, but let's see what, how clean it is on the inside. So that's not bad. Anyway, you got this nice house here. That kitchen's kind of dated, so I don't know, maybe you could clean this up, paint the cabinets, get new appliances, and sell and make a little more, more money for yourself. Uh, so, so that's not that bad. So we'll put that one down. So yeah, so that property right there, it's $68 a square foot. We're gonna use that as um, a price per square foot for when we're determining the ARV for my property. All right, so then we got, let's see, one more, 1858, June, oh, that's not what I use. Let's see, oh, this is it, okay. So in this neighborhood, there were, comps but they're more than a year old so if you get to that point you can use it and try and figure out what the prices you want to use so here here's one more it's on juniper i picked that one it is i'm going to put it in here 18 58 juniper drive edgewater there we go there we go Okay, so this one is going back, but I mean, this is like the only one that I could find. This one, it's a two bedroom, two bath, 1885 square feet. This is more like my subject property here. So this is someone that bought it as is back in uh, March, 2018. Like I look at this and make sure what the home details are. And built in 1958, 10,000 square feet. So. I wouldn't use this one as a comp on my house. This is just, it's too old, it's too far back. So this one doesn't count. So what we might wanna start doing is looking outside of half a mile. Hey, Arthur, yeah. let's, say, let's say we have some of this stuff. What's the next okay. step? Like once okay. we've got a so couple next, of, a couple you're of numbers, right. the next, So the next step is you would take your uh, price per square foot. So let's just say the price per square foot for all these comps together is $68 a square foot. That's for properties that are not flipped. I would, so my subject property is 1,901 square feet times, let's say 68 is a price per square foot that I can uh, reasonably sell my house for. So basically I could offer $129,000 for my house, maximum allowable offer. So what I wanna do is look okay, at- Okay, so let me, let me back up, let me back up a second. So you've got, you've got all, you got these comps, right? Mm -hmm. And some of them were renovated and completely fixed up, right? And then some of them are more of the as-is sales that, that right. are like similar to your property, right? Yes. So you have the fixed up, you have the fixed up houses, mm -hmm. and then you have the as-is price. So when I go and look at these things, I look at okay, what's what are the fixed what's the fixed up value? Like what's the ARV? The, the, the fixed up value in this house would be about one hundred sixty-five thousand dollars. Okay, and you got that by looking at some of the other houses that were renovated, have been yep. resold, things like that. So you mm -hmm. took that ARV, so mm -hmm. I'm just gonna write this down on my, uh, on my iPad here. So ARV of this property was what? 
165,000. And did you use that same kind of uh, system? You actually took some fixed up houses, the I, ones that have been flipped, and you took the price per square foot and said, this is probably houses. about what I can get for 1,900 square feet. Yes, that's what they did. Okay, $165,000. And then you looked at other as-is comps to try to figure out what you would purchase it for, or did you back down the ARV somehow? No, this is what I do. So when I, when I get this $165,000, that's my ARV. So then what I do is I take it's 0.70% of uh, the ARV. So let me do this real quick on my calculator. And so 70% of $165,000 is $115,500. Okay, so that 30% that we just subtracted are things like holding costs, sales commissions, uh, other expenses you pay when you go to sell a house. So now that I've gotten down to 70% of what the ARV is, I'm going to subtract my um, construction costs, which for this house is going to be about $35,000. That's $25 a square foot. And then I put on about a 10% contingency fee on that. So that's about $35,000. So you take 35,000 and subtract it from the 115,000. And so basically my maximum allowable offer is about $80,000, $81,000 for this house. That's what I know is I'm, I'm gonna offer for them, offer to that seller. Okay, so this would be an offer for a flipper. Like this is the flipper's offer, right? So you've got right. ARV minus some percentage or some fixed costs minus the rehab costs equals the maximum allowable offer for a flipper. Mm -hmm. okay? Then if you're a wholesaler, What's the next step? Well, you want to figure out what you want to make for this property. So, so if a flipper can offer uh, $80,000 for it, a wholesaler is going to want to take out his piece. So let's just say I want to make $8,000 on this property. My maximum allowable offer as a wholesaler to the seller would be $72,000. Okay, $72,000. But this guy is selling it for $159,900, right? Right. But, so, but, so, but go back to that. He said he wanted to get rid of it. He doesn't want okay. to it. He for whatever reason, he is a very motivated seller. So that's, but you know, whether he's motivated and he wants to get rid of it right away or he's not, you can't fight the numbers. You have to stay true to your numbers in this business or you're gonna lose money. Okay, so, so just so you guys know, inside that 30% that Arthur took out, that 70% of ARV, that, that number includes, like Arthur said, holding costs, uh, money costs, so sales holding costs cost being yeah. um, sales commissions, uh, on the front end, back end, it costs uh, uh, cutting the grass, uh, power, uh, electric, uh, water, um, insurance, uh, interest on the money that you're that you're raising for it. Also, profit. Mm -hmm. So the big one is that includes your profit. So when I a lot of times when I got started, I was using numbers like that. So keep in mind that seventy percent rule is going to give you a challenge when you're in a low cost home. So if you're if you're looking at a hundred and fifty thousand dollar house and you break out thirty percent. That's $45,000. So if you look at all your money costs and all those other things, the next thing you know, your profit margin might only be $20,000 because all the other overhead was 25 grand. You need to be careful in the cheaper houses. If you have expensive house, like it's $2 million and you're breaking off 30% for your profit and all this other stuff, then your, your profit margin is gonna be huge and your offer is gonna be so low that you're never gonna buy a house. So you really have to like think about what that looks like, what's built into that 
percentage and adjust. So, and if you're in a really hot market, it might be 80% of ARV. It might be 85 that people are paying. But what I like to do is I like to build in my fixed costs. Like if I know my costs, if I know what my sales percentage is, like my realtor fees and all that stuff, I know what my holding costs are. I know what my money costs is, and I know how much money I need, want to make on it. Then I take a per, my percentage that's on average for all the deals that I've done over time. And if you're new, you don't really have that data yet, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's about 10%. So I take 10% off, then I subtract how much I want to make on it, and then I subtract the repair costs, and that gives me the maximum allowable offer. So if I was doing the 70% rule, then it would be me, I would be saying that I want to make 20% on that house, because in that 30% is my 10% fixed costs, and then the other 20 that comes out is profit. So um, it's really kind of an adjustment based on the ARV a lot of times. So a lot of people just throw out this number of 70% or 80% or 85. And the reason people have different percentages like 80 and 85, it's because of the market, it's because of the location, it's because of the after repair price of their houses. So with a $10 million house, that's $3 million that you're taking out for the 30% of that, that money, right? So you can adjust your numbers based on that. So I like the fixed cost model, but in Arthur, I know in Arthur's area, you're probably buying houses that typically sell around the same amount, right? Right, That's that's what it is. So for you guys, 70% works. And for somebody who's in San Diego or Los Angeles, this is not going to work. No, not going to work, right. You got to adjust your your numbers a little bit. So we can get into more details on that in in the future. So you've got these numbers. We've got the 165 ARV. We've got 115.5, which is the 70% rule. And then you remove $35,000 for repairs. You got $80,500. And that's the flippers AR, the flippers, uh, maximum allowable, allowable offer. offer. So that's the, that's the top. And mm-hmm. if you have to go above that, if it's 83,000, 84, you might take mm-hmm. a look, might want to sharpen your pencil, see, but it's probably a no, right? You've got to stay there and you want to start, we'll talk about negotiation with Chad, but you want to start somewhere under that, right? Yeah. So you're going to probably come in around 70 and he's going to be at like 90 or hundred and you're going to start talking. So, and then as a wholesaler, you also have to take your fee out. Like we have to find better deals than flippers. Otherwise we add no value to the transaction. So you actually have to have to get it at like seventy thousand dollars or seventy five, and you make five thousand, six thousand dollars, something like that. So, um, so that's how we kind of break down the numbers from there. Um, okay, uh, what what are the tools? You you have a couple things that you wanted to talk about. Like you have some some things in comping, and I want to I want to go to those if that's okay with you. Yeah, that's fine. No, actually, it'd be better because I'm lousy. Obviously, I'm not great with Zillow, but there's a Zillow. Zillow's free. So if you're just getting started out and you want to just practice this in the evenings you know, comping properties and stuff like that, use Zillow. But there's another uh, software out there. It's called PropStream. It's fantastic. Let me get to that. So here's PropStream. Um, I pay pay $97 a month for my subscription. And here, let me just uh, take you guys back to the interface. So this is uh, basically your address bar right here. So I'm going to put in my address. Actually, you know what we could do? Let's do this. Let's go to the chat because I know some people wanted to put in their properties and we can look at it that way. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah. So let's see. Um, we've got a couple here that came in. So let's go to let's go to this one on Juniper Street in Milton, Washington. Here you go. I'm going to throw you a curveball. It just happens to be on Juniper Street also. So 1412 Juniper Street in Milton, Washington. Milton, Juniper Street. 1412 Juniper Street, Milton, M-I-L-T-O-N, Washington, W-A. There it is. Okay, so it's kind of auto-populated. Okay. So 
here it is. This brings up like the neighborhood. This is like the neighborhood, all the houses around it. Let's see. Where'd you go? This is your property right here. And then this gives you this gives you information about the property. So the estimated value of this house is about $366,000. It's off market. It's not distressed. There's no liens against this property. So it might be a free and clear property. <clears throat> the house is 1,051 square feet. It's three bedrooms, one and a half baths, and it was built in 1949. So that gives you the cornerstone of doing, looking for, looking at comps. But the great thing about this is, oh, here, it's got $95,000 in equity. Let's go to this, go to details. And then this is more detail. There's a mortgage against it for 270,000. So you might want to keep that in the front of your mind when you're talking to the seller. But then you go to here, comps and nearby listings. And this really, it just, it moves so much faster than going through Zillow. So you can go through here and look. So we said three bed and one and a half bath. So we can go over here and see most of the records we have are three bedroom, one bath. And what we can do is, um, here, go over to bedrooms. So our maximum bedrooms are three and then our maximum bathrooms are one and a half. And then PropStream gives you public records. This is all information on public records. They also have it for MLS, or you can do a combination of both. And then you can start to look at the amount that these things sold for. So for example, uh, there's Juniper right there. Let's look for something sold in January of this year. Um, so let's go to this property right here. Oh yeah, let's go to this one, it's got a picture. This sold in March of this year. And it shows you this house is flipped. It's nice. Yeah, this house is definitely flipped. They even probably did some landscaping on it. All right, so we'll close this out. And that property is 1302 Emerald Street. So this property up here, 1412 Juniper Street, could potentially sell for $300,000. That's, that's what you'd expect to sell it for in that market. So then when you would go through, figure out what your repairs need to be at 1412, uh, figure out all your expenses, your financing costs, your holding costs, all that stuff, and then subtract it and then get it down to whether you're a flipper, what your maximum allowable offer is, or if you're a wholesaler, what your maximum allowable offer is with your wholesale fee included in that. Arthur, so can you click on that house on Emerald Street again and just see? Yeah. So this, this house on Juniper Street is how many square feet? Uh, let's go back to that. So this one is 988 square feet, the one that Ooh. we just looked at. Let's go to this one. Click on this. Oh, so this one here is, uh, where is the square footage? Here is 1,051. So that this is a comp. Yep, ten, three beds, one and a half bath, mm -hmm. uh, 1949. So can you click back on that other one for 300,000? Yeah. There we go. Let's take a look. Three bed, one bath. Um, 988 square feet and lot size is the same, built in 1961. So a little bit newer. Uh, length of ownership, six months. So yeah, it looks like it's definitely a flip. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, can you show me a couple of those other ones? Let me see the... Yeah, uh, let's, see. let's go let to... Well, here, so like the, the, look at this one. one. Like, this one sold for 390000 uh back in December of 2019. So we can look at these pictures. 
So these are probably from their MLS. This looks flipped. Yep. Let's get to the kitchen. So this one was built in 1900, a little bit older house. Yeah. 992, two bed, one bath. This is, this is a two bedroom, one bath. It's got an estimated value of 414,000. So what's going on with this? Look Can you close out of that and show me where it is? Yeah. Yep. 1609 15th Avenue. Scroll down a little bit on the map. Okay. And oh yeah, so right here, 1609, it's number seven. So look for number seven here. So your subject property is here. Oh wait, subject property. Yep, it's, a, it's that purple dot. Yes, yeah, the purple one right dot. here. So one thing you might want to look at in this Milton Way, this street is probably um, a, a street that basically any property south of this is going to be more expensive than any property north of this, simply because you know this price, this property sold for almost ninety thousand dollars more than the other property. So I would say that's definitely something to look at. Like I don't yeah. know the area well enough, but I would I would like do a Google Street View. I would drive through it on there. I would look and see if, is Milton Way uh, a dividing line? Is this a different school district? Is there like what's going on there? Because there are some properties there, like six, eight, and nine uh, that sold pretty cheap, two sixty one, two eighty three. Mm -hmm. And they're more recent, so those are some things that I would be thinking about. Let me see um, number number ten. Number two. Number 10. Let me see number two. Number Let me two. see number two. Okay. Mil Milton Way sold for three forty three five, Let's and it's see. right. It's almost like right next door. One and two look really good to me. Let's see. All right, so this one there's no pictures for it, but what we can do is just go into Zillow and uh, put it in there. Let me see if I can. Can you click on details and see anything? Uh, click on that. I just want the bedrooms, bathrooms, yeah. square footage and stuff. Okay, here Let's we go. One 848, one bedroom, one bath, same size, built in 1920. Like what's going on in this area? It's interesting. It's mm -hmm. uh, this thing sold, owner occupied or occupied for eight months. Um, what was the sale price again? A uh, 343,500. In January of 2020, so I'm just like writing all this stuff down, yeah, to see what what we've got going on here. And then, can you show me that other one? Number, if you go back to that search that you yeah. had, okay. Go back to this. Uh, the other one was. Uh, number one, Juniper Street. The other one, 1507 Juniper Street, sold for 383 And it's like right next door. So it's sold for 383 1106, 11 smaller lot 11 size, 1950, three bed, one bath. And 11 months. What's going on in this area? They're just like buying and selling these houses. So this, this one's three, 383000 and it's like right next door. It's on Juniper Street. It's a three-bedroom, one-bath. It was born in, is, or is, uh, created, like, built in 1950. Ours is 1949. Um, this is probably the best 
subject. Let's look at it. The best. So we do this. Let's take a look at the interior of it. So let's go back to Zillow just to see if there's yeah. pictures of this there. Agreed. So hopefully you guys can just like, it's like me and Arthur talking to each other, trying to think about what we're, hopefully you see what I'm thinking about, what I'm looking at. And same with him is. You can this. I'm looking now. I want to now. I want to know what what does the property yeah, look like on is, the inside? Like how you nice want to become like there? a private detective? What is the story behind this property? So let's yeah. go to Zillow. There we go. We got photos. It looked like one of those other houses had a basement and stuff. Like uh, it was built on a hill, and it looked mm -hmm. a lot bigger than you know a thousand square feet to me. It's interesting. Let's do this. A lot of people are flipping houses because people are only owning these things for a short this period house of time. Is not flipped. Well, one thing that one thing that I would be concerned about is to make sure that these are actually the current images and not the images mm -hmm. before they bought it. So a lot of times, like these people owned it for eleven months. So on Zillow, sometimes it'll bite you, mm -hmm. where Zillow will have the pictures of like when they bought it the last time. Right. So let's see. Okay, this is this is Grandma's house right now. Right. If you can scroll down, Arthur, like go into that X out of there. Yep. And scroll down on this. Keep going down to the previous sale and on the right. It looks like there's another. Uh, it looks like the basement oh. is actually like finished. There we go. So this thing was. Oh, not not any crazy sale. So three eighty three, it sold, and this was I guess it was October twenty nineteen. Mm -hmm. So um, one other thing that I do a lot when I'm common properties is I'll go to the the county website. So in here, I'll actually go and look and see where the deed transfer was and when it was and how much it was. But um, you might be able to find. Now you can see that John L. Scott Real Estate was the listing agent. If I didn't have access to MLS, I might be able to try to find it on their website or past, um, past uh, posts that they have or something like that if I can find more information about it. Um, the other option is I would just go do this Google Street View and drive by it and see if it's significantly different than these photos in Zillow. So um, Google typically updates a lot more than once every year and a half or something, depending on where it is. So I might look at some of that stuff to see what was going on. Um, well, there's but also this one thing that's on my eye, Bill. So here on Zillow, it says 2,212 square feet. But yeah, let's see. Um, was is this the same? Prop stream was it like uh, it was uh, eleven oh six, and okay. so uh, let me let me yeah. tell you why that why that eleven oh six yeah is this is probably coming from the county site eleven oh six. Zillow is probably pulling from what they listed it on the MLS as, which could be like unpermitted uh, finished area in that basement that we see. So they actually have, I noticed up some basements in some of the other pictures that you pulled mm -hmm. up, Arthur. Yeah. And so when that happens. Um, a lot of times what people do is they'll, they won't submit new square footage to the county because they don't want to pay a higher property tax assessment on their square footage. So that will increase the assessed value of their home. So you can see like they have a downstairs area, they have another kitchen down there, they've got washing machine, maybe it's an Airbnb or something, they might have a, another exit and stuff like that. So it looks like most houses in this area have a basement that mm -hmm. is either finished or unfinished. And um, 
And so maybe they came in here and like fully finished the whole basement and maybe they did it on a permit and the county hasn't picked it up yet. And so it hasn't come through PropStream and that's how they were able to get 383,000. So these are all things that you want to think about when you're looking at these. Obviously, uh, Justin submitted this property. We know probably enough information to say that if you fixed it up like this house was, um, I would say there's no reason why you can't get $383,000 for it or so, if not more, because it has an extra half bath. And so, um, but I don't know how much you'd have to put into it. So you might even be able to push $400,000 on this property. I, I wouldn't typically like inflate my ARV, but this was an old comp too. This is uh, October 30th, 2019. Mm -hmm. Whereas the, the other one that we saw, um, that was, that was $343,000 uh, would be a good one. That was the Milton Way, 1604 Milton Way. Milton Way. Let me do that. This is a crazy, this is like $400 a square foot in this area. Yeah, that's West Coast. Yeah, what was the name of the city again? Um, uh, Milton, Washington. Milton Way in Milton, Washington. Okay, here yeah. we go. So in an area like this, where you're at $400 a square foot, possibly, you really got to be careful with, um, with these houses and the square footage. I mean, you add 100 square foot to your house on a, that kind of multiple, that's twenty dollars to $50,000 in difference in your ARV. Like, I wonder how big this is. So let me look at something really quick. Uh, home details. It's an 800 square foot house. How big is the lot? It's, a, it's about a quarter of an acre. You could come in here and add 500 square feet to this house. And you got another bathroom, another uh, another bedroom, another bathroom. So, you, yeah, you've just significantly increased the value of this house. So, yeah, small house on you know this lot is uh, it's got to be like ten thousand square feet. You could definitely add square footage to this house and make a lot more money for yourself. Let's just assume this house is fixed up. Okay. And if so, this is this is a four hundred dollars square foot property in January of 2020. So definitely newer than October, 2019, but not by much. Mm -hmm. It's still outside of my six month world, but these are like right next door to the subject property. So like, I, I'm, I'm thinking, and I'm assuming that this, it doesn't look like this has a basement. Actually. It's, it's weird. Can you go to, I don't, uh, okay. Scroll down to price and tax history, scroll yeah. down a little bit. And let's see if they have a link to the tax assessor site in, in this, uh, go to see complete tax, tax history. history. So you complete tax history. Yeah, go to, go to find assessor info on the county website. Click that. Click that county website link. So this is where I spend a lot of time is on the county assessor site when I'm going free. And so in that, see if you can put in that parcel address. It was uh, 1412 Juniper. Oh, wait, this one was the Milton one. Oh, yeah, 1604 Milton Way. And so while you're doing that, I'll talk a little bit more. I, I, this one is somewhere between like, I don't know, $350 and $400 a square foot, depending on what's going on. And like I said, that, that square footage number is tough. I, I think I would put this thing around like 395 personally. Like if I was, if this is all I had, this is all the information I had, I don't know this area, I'm probably right around $400,000. Um, and because I, obviously I would go out a little bit further. I would look for things that were more recent. I would also look, the, the one thing that is bad about Zillow is it doesn't show what, like what's pending in a lot of cities. So a lot of times what you don't see is things that are contingent and under contract. So something like this where I, I didn't have like a ton of data, I would definitely go to, um, go to the MLS if I could or, or uh, more detail in PropStream, like just spend more time in there. Let me see, 1604. 
Uh, while you're doing that, Igor asked, uh, with material costs increasing, what is the price per square foot for construction costs on average? Assume that the price per square foot falls with more flips you do, right? So assume to, uh, so, so be careful with like price per square foot of construction costs like uh, Arthur was doing. Um, if you're getting just getting started, just bid out some properties, talk to other flippers and find out, and then build build a contingency and some cushion in there. The um, uh, take out take out Milton, yeah. Arthur. Yeah, just put put the um, put the address and see if that if that'll do it. Uh, take out take out way. There we go. So you can see a picture, uh, and they usually tell you like how recent the picture is on these places. That's kind of cool. So this house looks like it's fixed up. That looks like a new fence to me, uh, either new side, new roof, new siding, or painted. Like this thing looks like it's been fixed up. It doesn't look like to me like it has a basement unless it drops off crazy in the back. Um, so I don't know. To me, this is probably the best thing that I could possibly get right here. This was done in January. It looks fixed up from the outside to me. Um, 848 square foot. So the problem with the 848 here is like 200 square feet is that's a big jump in price in a house houses this small. So I put like somewhere, the other one was 350 a square foot. This one's 400 a square foot. Um, so I, I would probably be somewhere in the middle of that. That's why I came up about 395 myself. So uh, Justin, what's Justin, what's the answer? He said 1412 Juniper does have a full nine foot finished basement, but only a thousand square feet up top. So it's much bigger. Um, in that case, I, I, you could probably go even high, a little bit higher, um, depending on what that other one looked like that sold for 383 in October. Um, that's probably, oh, basement is unfinished. Um, oh yeah. Okay. Unfinished basement. I, yeah. I'm, I'd say if you finish that basement, you might be able to add, I, I, I bet if you finish the basement, you would get the same amount out of it that you got in, that you put into it. It may be, maybe an extra $10,000 in profit. Um, it, it probably wouldn't be something that I do unless all the other houses in the neighborhood have finished basements. Um, and I mean, if you put $20,000, if you sell it for $395 fixed up upstairs with the basement unfinished, you're probably, and you put $20,000 in the basement, you're probably selling it for like $420 fixed up. So maybe you make an extra $5,000 or $10,000. So, um, Justin, what did you put it under contract for? Do you, do you have it under contract? And then what did you think the ARV? Oh, that's an awesome deal. So he said, uh, what, what, did, what do you think the ARV is when you ran the numbers? What did you think it was? Let's see how close we, we, we came to what you think it is. If you have it. So, uh, Justin said he's, he put it under contract for two fifty two. Oh wow. Um, I would absolutely, um, uh, I would absolutely buy that house for two fifty two all day, any day. And he said he's wholetailing it for three sixty five. He owns it. Um, yeah. So, but what do you think? The it, it, how much work does it need? Does it need a lot of work, or is it in pretty good shape? So the cool thing is, when you're when you're a wholesaler or a flipper, you've got pictures, right? We don't have pictures of the current as is value, so we're just trying to find the ARV here. Um, like the fixed up ARV that a flipper would use if they're going to sell at retail. So um, I would say not knowing the area, we got, we got pretty close, um, pretty close to where we think we would be. I bet if, if you're wholetailing it for 365, it's probably to some people that are going to live there and they're probably going to clean it up and, and do a little bit of work to it. And it's probably worth just over 400, I bet. So um, I don't know. That's the game. Hopefully that helps you guys. Uh, <clears throat> 
Yeah, I, I, he said he, he thinks our, our ARV is correct, but uh, if we were to flip, but wanting, wanted a quick turn, so they listed it a little bit lower. And absolutely, if I bought that for 252 and I could sell it for 365, I'd do it every day of the week without doing any work. Awesome. Yes, definitely. Yeah. That's amazing. So for those of you that, that don't know what we're talking about on the wholetailing side is just, um, you know, purchasing the property like Justin's property here, you bought it for 252. It's um, there's buying it for 252, not doing anything to it. Maybe you clean it out a little bit. Um, just think of like all the work that you put into it. What are you going to get out from it? And then uh, right now there's really no vacant houses listed on the market. It seems uh, in most cities. So just listing on the MLS, having people come in and everybody watches HGTV. So they think they can fix up a house really cheap. So um, they buy it and then they can put their sweat equity into it and you can make the profit and walk away and go do the next one. So like a, a mixture between a wholesale where you don't own the property ever, typically, maybe for a couple seconds or 10 minutes on a double closing and uh, a retail, it com combines that word to, uh, to talk about wholetailing. So um, I think, you know, hopefully you guys got something from this. I, the cool thing is when we jumped into PropStream, you could see how much easier it was. It kind of yeah. like spit out a bunch of things. Um, we're, we're not selling PropStream today. It's just one of the things that Arthur uses a lot. We use it in my company. Um, we also use like more, um, we use something called CRS data. Um, it's a tool that we can, um, we can use inside of, um, it's, it pulls from MLS, from all the things, a lot like PropStream. Prop um, and uh, any other tools that you use, Arthur? Uh, well, so on our county website, you know, um, we, we use that as kind of like a backup. So uh, I can go into, here, let me share, share my screen real quick again. Sorry, I'll take a second. So right here, this is my county website. And then I can go into, um, let me go, I can put in an address and I can see all the sales that are through the county right here. Then I can also do other things like I can see what the house is made of. Like I can see if the house is made out of block, if it's made out of a frame, wood frame. And those are all things that would affect the value of the house. So I use um, county data, especially from the property appraiser website. And then for the most part, I just look at prop stream for um, basically trying to look up for my comps. Yep. And this is free. My county data is free. County data is free. And county data is the best data because that's the real time. Everybody, like even PropStream, which I think is great, they have to go to the county to get this data. If you can hack county data, you're getting it, it fresh. Um, hopefully this was helpful. You pick up a, a couple tips here, some tricks, like get into the mind of what a, a wholesaler, experienced wholesaler or flipper looks for and, um, and all the different tools. There's a ton of tools that you can use. There's a ton of different ways to look at these properties, but I think it's pretty cool that in about 15 minutes, we just randomly showed up in Washington state and could get pretty yeah. close. Like we can get yeah. pretty close. Um, so if you, you don't need to live there, you just need to understand the basics and the fundamentals. And if you understand the fundamentals and the basics of running these numbers, then, and don't get caught up in it having to be perfect. Like for me, I, I, would, I would do that that fast. And then I would talk to the seller about what, the, what they want. And when that seller tells me they want $300,000, I'm like, okay, there's probably a deal here. I'm going to try to work my numbers down. I'm going to try to sharpen, I'm going to try to get them down, to use my sales and negotiation tactics to get to that 252 number that Justin bought it for. So, I mean, that's awesome. And I could have paid more than that. So Justin could have paid $300,000 for that property, but I don't know how the conversation went or any of those things. But for me, like we're trying to, we're trying to, you know, build the business. We're trying to make as much money as we can while also helping out the seller, finding out what's going on. And, um, and so interesting, uh, there's a story behind each one of these properties, right? So Justin could tell this story of what happened with this house. I think it's pretty cool that we, 
I don't know. We got close, you know, and, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and not, I've never been there. I have no idea where Milton Washington is. Even looking at that map, I, I, I didn't look close enough to even know where it was. Can and I say so, yeah, absolutely. So when it comes to like, like, uh, it, you know, Zillow is kind of bumpy. I'm, you know, not great with Zillow anymore, but every, like what Bill said is every house has a history to it. And that history is going to tell you, you know, what you can, in that you can tell you what you can offer or what that seller's going through. So yeah, it's every single property is like, it's a, it's a case that you have, you're a private detective on, you have to find out all the information you can. Yeah. And, and a lot, a lot of information also comes from the seller, comes from the photos, comes from any information that you get from your marketing piece. Like what is their motivation? All of that stuff. Like it's not about the house, right? It's about the, it's about the problem that you're solving. If you're solving a seller's problem, then you're going to make money. Like you've got to be a problem solver. You got to figure out what's going on in their world. They probably had something going on and you just got to make sure that the asset that you're buying from them, that, that transfer that's happening is valuable enough to you that you're going to make money. And it was cool listening to and talking to Annie Duke uh, last week. And she's just like, I was talking about appraisers. I was like, I've had appraisers show up and tell me that, um, that I shouldn't make as much money as I should. They actually valued our property lower because they saw we flipped it and we only owned it for three months and we were making, you know, like we bought it for this and we were selling it for this and they just decided to calculate my profit. And the guy blatantly told us that that's why he, he wouldn't give us the sales price for the house. He put it $15,000 lower. And what she said is she said, that's really interesting because the appraiser is going into this assuming that they already know the outcome. Like they're not factoring in any risk. They don't factor in risk for you as the business owner. So they know the outcome. It's under contract. It's going to sell in two weeks. They know the, the market went up or it was flat. Like they didn't, they don't, they don't plug in all the risks that happened when you bought the property three months before. So three months before you didn't know what the market was going to do. You didn't know that you were going to be able to sell it into a market that was going up or staying flat, or it could have been a down market. You didn't know that you weren't going to find a bunch of things behind the walls or, or on the foundation or the roof or all these things would have happened. You didn't like, I just had a house that got hit by a hurricane. Like go to my Facebook page right now. You can see some horrible pictures of a $700,000 house that I own that is under contract to sell for $700,000 next month that is no longer under contract for sale. And I have, a, I don't have a pool in the back anymore. I don't have a deck. I don't have a dock. I don't have a boat lift. I don't have a first floor of an entire house right now up to about four feet. So that appraiser didn't factor in the risk of Hurricane Sally, you know? And so we, we have all of these things that we take this, these risks, right? And so at the finish line, they know what the outcome is. So she was saying that it's interesting because, you know, you got to get paid for that risk. And even you don't know. And a lot of that stuff is luck. Like I couldn't predict that Hurricane Sally was going to come through and hit Pensacola. And it's going to be two days of sitting right over there and dumping two feet of rain and the storm surge happening and two cycles of tides right on the bay, right out there, that that was going to happen. I mean, I could, I knew after watching the news that that house was going to be destroyed. I just, I knew it. I had this feeling. I was pretty certain it was going to happen. It's pretty close to water. And um, so I, but that's luck, right? Like that's, that's not anything that I could have controlled other than just not buying that house and not taking that risk, right? So um, it's interesting to think about that. And in all of these things that we're doing, like just go take action, like grab that house, do what Justin did, pay 252 for it. Be super confident that it's, you're going to make money. How much money is, is yet to be said until that house gets listed and gets sold, right? So um, this is a business where we're taking very calculated risks to make money and we're going to be off sometimes. And sometimes it's, it's not the decision that we made. It's the luck 
that happened. It's the market. It's the things that we couldn't control that were out of our hands. And what's interesting that she said is whether you make money or lose money, sometimes it's a good decision that just had bad luck. And sometimes it's a bad decision. Like even if you made money, sometimes it's a bad decision that you made and you don't analyze it because you made money and you didn't care. So um, really interesting. So I, I encourage everybody to listen to that one too. Ryan Smith's podcast, that podcast I did with Andy Duke and then um, the one that we did with uh, Chris and Heather Logan was awesome too. So um, Arthur, first of all, thanks for, thanks for hanging with us. Yeah. Um, thanks for uh, showing those tools, the comps, some, some ways of thinking. Um, you had a couple things. You had like four tips or something, didn't you? Did, did we share those or not? You mean, well, it's just the, I just, it's the cornerstone for doing, um, okay. What, what's number one? Number one is, so, one. so I would say for me, it's square footage, number okay. of bedrooms, number of bathrooms. Um, how close, what's the vicinity of your comps to that property? Obviously the closer a comp is to your subject property, the better. And then, um, sale date, how long ago did it get sold? I, the, the sweet spot is any comp that would be that's similar to yours that's within half a mile of the subject property sold within the last 90 days. That's like super nice. And then you got six months and then you know, a year and then after a year it starts to get stale. But sometimes in, in my market there, that happens. Like, you know, you don't have sales in some of these areas that are 90 days or six months. It goes out like 18 months. All right. I hope you guys had a good time listening to that and got a lot out of it. I'm sure that you did. I know me listening to it again just now, um, I've got a lot to take away from uh, running numbers. So, so it refreshed uh, my memory on uh, looking at values. So you can see even having no idea what the market looks like, uh, no idea about the area. Uh, there's a couple of things that we were talking through and trying to figure out along the way. And you can see, uh, you know, looking at a property for the first time, we got pretty close um, to what the after repair value was of that property. So um, I think this is a very valuable thing that we added to the seven figure runway program and um, being able to uh, very quickly get on a call with somebody and say, Hey, I need some help with a deal that I have, or I have this creative deal, or I can't figure out um, what the, what the ARV is. What should I offer for this uh, before you go in and talk uh, to the seller? It's huge. So, uh, all right. I uh, hope you guys had uh, a good time listening to that. And I will see you on the next podcast. I'm going to start bringing some of the uh, 500k challenge uh, people on the podcast. So some people that have success with the 500k challenge, raising money. Once we come up with this uh, after repair value, we work our way back to our maximum allowable offer. At that point, if you're flipping the house, you got to raise the money, right? So I put together this 500k challenge. We've been talking about it a little bit over the past month or so. And I'm going to bring on some success stories and hear you know, what they did and how they did it and hopefully give you guys some tips. So if you haven't already, go to 500kchallenge.com, uh, the number 500kchallenge.com and jump in. It's only a hundred bucks. Uh, everybody should be doing this. There's no better time to raise money than right now. Um, if anything happens with the marketplace over the next uh, few months, the next six months, the next year, you know, money is going to be the thing that allows you to work through that. So uh, get started right now, build up that Rolodex of private lenders and start raising capital today. There's no better time than now. So go to 500kchallenge.com, jump in, start your 30-day challenge with me. And uh, we're actually revamping a lot of it right now and uh, redoing it, making some tweaks and things like that, because I think this is a very, very valuable thing that you guys can do. So if you haven't already done it, go to 500kchallenge.com, jump in. If you have done it, um, jump in, watch the videos again, refresh, jump back on your Facebook Live. Uh, always be raising money, always. All right, I'll see you guys on the next podcast. What if you could raise $500,000 of private capital in the next 30 days to fund your real estate deals? How would that change your business? How would that change your life? I've put together a 30-day challenge that will walk you through how to get access to all the private funding you'll ever need 
at incredibly low interest rates on your terms when you need it. It's called the 500K Challenge. This is the same system I've used to raise over $15 million the past few years. And you're not just going to learn how to raise it. You're going to actually start finding this money yourself within the next 30 days as you go through the challenge. This is the single most important skill any real estate investor needs to have, whether you're flipping houses, buying multifamily properties, wholesaling, or anything else. Jump in and start raising private money now at 500kchallenge.com. I'll see you guys on the inside.